You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello. Welcome to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded. We're going to bring you all the latest gun news, gun information, and self-defense stuff that we can find. And today we have a special guest. We have Harold Lanier, who is president and lead trainer at Creedmoor Training Academy. Hello, Harold. Welcome. Good, glad, glad, glad you're with us, and he, we're going to go over some personal and, defense and issues today. The crowd goes wild, as well they should. That's right, absolutely. But as usual, we're going to jump into politics because, as we all know, the biggest weapon, the biggest enemy of most weapons, is rust and politicians. <laughs> and the politicians seem to be taking the uh, the cake today because they're just going crazy. Now let's see. Let's start off with Obama because he's one of my favorite oh, people in the world. Please do. When it comes to guns, he is just. I mean, now granted, I have to give him credit where credit is due. During the eight years that he was president, more guns were sold than in any time in American history, year after year after year. He was gun salesman of the year every year. I told you before, he is a member of the president's club. <laughs> but now apparently he's turning on all this uh, fame he has gained. While speaking in Paulo, Brazil, he just, he told the people of Brazil that we can get guns anywhere, anytime, with almost no restriction, including machine guns. And I thought, this was news to me, because I had no idea I could order machine guns and have them delivered directly to my house. But he apparently told all the Brazilians this. <laughs> and you know how many Brazilians are lining up at the border now, wanting in? Lots and lots. Uh, how, many, how, how many is a Brazilian? I don't know, but it's a lot. More than a billion? More than a trillion? I'm not sure. Well, if we go back to the Obama economy projections, <laughs> a Brazilian was a big fat zero. <laughs> yeah, he may have sold a lot of guns, but he didn't make us a lot of money or get us into a lot of jobs. I have – okay, we have to address something real quick. I have a uh, – or you have a listener who is asking, what's up with all the guns? What guns? <laughs> Oh, oh, those guns. Yeah, we're going to get to those in about 10 minutes. So we're going to jump on into our personal defense with our expert. It's American Web Radio Coup. I knew you were coming for me. <laughs> I think this would be a better coup than what uh, the actual coup. Well, in case you're coming to shut us down, we're prepared. <laughs> Did There's you bring bullets? <laughs> Who, um, brought, who brought the bullets? Uh oh, man! <laughs> we have the drinks. That's have, more important. The beer, yeah. <laughs> scotch, beer, and bullets. Okay, if anybody's listening, swing by. We need some things. All right, so we're more like a Palestinian coup. We're going to throw rocks and we're going to throw some clubs at them. Hey, we're supposed to bring the wings, Victor. Oh man! <laughs> well then, well, all right. Well, for those of you who know ammo, at least rocks are non-corrosive. So you don't have to clean the bore after shooting those. Uh, but anyway, jump back to Obama real quick. Anybody can buy a weapon anytime without much, if any, regulation. He actually said that. Now, many individuals, particularly felons, are prohibited from buying firearms, at least from sellers who have seller's licenses. And there's other additional federal restrictions. If you smoke marijuana, if you're in a mental institution, you cannot buy a weapon. So, you know, that is entirely untrue. More regulation equals deceased, decreased access, therefore claiming that anybody can buy a weapon they want is patently false. They, statement two, they buy it over the Internet. Okay, come on, this is completely ridiculous. You can buy guns over the Internet, sitting in your underwear, any time of the day or night. 
but it has to go to your federally licensed firearms dealer. It doesn't come to your back porch and get dropped there. And the fact that more regulation equals decreased access, let me ask you. They say if you take guns off the shelves, people will not be able to buy them. You know, I was in CVS the other day, and yet I didn't see the place where they kept the meth or the cocaine or the marijuana. But yet people still seem to get it. I don't know how that works. Hey, I've gone to stores in the city of Atlanta, and I couldn't find the marijuana either. Not that I was looking to do it. I just wanted to see if it was there. To see if there were any brand names you recognized. Right, and there were not. (laughs) Right, but anybody who actively involves himself with any kind of drugs is usually prohibited from owning a firearm. So there's that to consider, too. And, yeah, he just went into a bunch of crazy things that nobody in their right mind would actually agree with. Well, you also Let's have see. the, the uh, gun show loopholes. What is that loophole? Ah. Right? So I wonder. You go to a gun show and you can buy anything you want, anytime you want, whatever gun you want, right? Right. Oh, just take minute. it home. Wait a minute. <clears throat> no, that's not true either because you still have to pass a background check. There's no fully automatic weapons mm-hmm. you can purchase. Seems like they have to abide by the same rules as at the gun store. Is that correct? Yes, but you got to remember, liberals don't want to tell the truth. Uh, they want to stretch, bend, yeah. and distort the truth Harold, to fit their agenda. The facts are inconvenient. Uh, Harold, those are those are nasty things called facts <laughs> that elude the. Dem- I think Democrats, uh, most of them, are allergic to those pesky things called facts. Yeah, well, there was a big delivery going on to CNN the other day of giant washing machines, so they could spin the truth. <laughs> and you know, I bet it was a Kenmore. It just goes on and on and on. And if Kenmore's out there, you're welcome to be a sponsor on this show. <laughs> so. And another thing he said, they can buy machine guns. Okay, this is patently false. In order to buy a machine gun, you must be you must have a complete background check, get fingerprinted, have a federal License of a class three license and or class three permit with a tax stamp in order to be able to buy a machine gun. And Roger, what do you have to go through to get a class three, and what do you have to open yourself to just to have that kind of permit? The background check, from what I've heard, is rather extensive and takes mm-hmm. anywhere from six months to a year, depending on your previous background checks. Obviously, if you've worked as a federal employee or have military service and have gained high level there, then your background check will be quicker because it's run all the time. But still, it takes months, and you have to have a $200 tax stamp in order to purchase any Class three weapon, which is where machine guns fall. And then, most of them are at least $10,000 to even buy one, to even get close. And a quick pause to welcome a new listener that you guys have. Uh-oh. So, and it's a female. And I'm, right. I'm not going to name names. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, Roger, I'm glad you brought that up, and, and I, I'd love to hear, Harold, your opinion when a president, a former president of the United States goes on foreign land and just openly lies about a constitutional right that Americans have. Well, if you think about this, how did he start um, his uh, tenure as a president? First thing he did is went around the world apologizing for the U.S. So now that he's not a president, he's going around bashing the world, bashing our president, bashing everything else that he can. So he's, you know, and to say that the man is is ignorant of the facts, I don't really know if I want to give him that much credit. Uh, I think he does know the facts, and I think that you know there's an agenda here, and I think that's that's where it goes. Yeah, you know, I think you're the agenda. So many people say Obama's stupid. I find that completely wrong. 
He is not stupid. He is very precise, very calculating. He knows exactly what he's doing and how he can accomplish what he wants to do. I mean, he was a socialist from day one. He started his presidential campaign in the house of a known terrorist, Bill Ayer. That's right. He had been convicted of of constructing bombs or bombing something. And it's like, why would a possible president start a campaign in the living room of somebody with that kind of background? Okay, next we're going to go on to New York, one of my favorite places to find anti-gun articles because, you know, (laughs) they hate anybody who owns a gun. In case you don't remember, New York is a state where you have to fill out a 60-page application and pay a $300 fee to get this application processed just to be able to purchase a handgun, not to carry it, not to to shoot it, just to be able to buy it, you have to have this, this permit. Which, to me, I mean, how can you say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed when you're putting a $300 tax and a 60-page application in front of being able to buy a basic handgun? I don't get it. But anyway, a homeowner there was arrested this week after fatally shooting two, two people. Of course, they were burglarizing his home at the time, but he shot them with an unregistered handgun. The handgun apparently belonged to his father, and he inherited it, and he did not go through the registration process in order to put it into his name. So now he's being held accountable for killing two bad guys, which to me is unbelievable because killing two bad guys is just a little more chlorine in the gene pool. But he apparently heard them rummaging through his garage, went out there, asked, you know, threatened them. They started coming at him. He fired, shot both of them. One died right away on the scene. The next one died in the hospital a few hours later. Then when they went to the home of the suspected burglars, they found stolen items from this guy's house. So they had been there before, and they were just going back to steal some more stuff. I mean, at what point is a victim get get turned into a you know somebody you want to prosecute for defending his own life, his own property, his own rights? I don't get it. But New York, I mean, apparently that's the place to be a burglar because even if you do, the guy who shoots you is going to get in more trouble than you unless he manages to kill you, as this guy did. But it doesn't appear to be a drug deal gone bad or anything like that. They just were there burglarizing, and he happened to catch them. So it looks like uh, New York and California are kind of running a horse race as to who can be more stupid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. and New Jersey throws its hat yeah, in the ring also yeah, every now and again. Yeah, he's there close third. <laughs> Illinois. Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> California, New York, Harold are are in a race to 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 see who can show the failures of socialism the fastest. That's that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah, I talked about that. I was I had been in California a few weeks ago, and we actually went to a gun store there. And some of the rules this guy was telling me were unbelievable. You know, if you have this kind of stock or that kind of stock or this kind of pistol. That's fine. But if you go one year newer, oh, my God, that pistol isn't on the quote-unquote roster. And the roster is what Cory Booker is trying to push on a national level. And if it's a, a black gun, that's that, that that's even worse. That's uh, racist. If it's a brown gun, well, then you're pro-military. Uh, I guess it just has to be pink and decorated Green. with unicorn <laughs> dust. <laughs> hey, Mark. I, th- I mean, Mark. Roger, Mark I think you hit it. I did? What did I hit? If we made all guns green, they could be part of the Green New Deal. Yeah. Hey, I wonder if uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex would go along with that one. <laughs> 
Okay, you're listening to America's Web Radio. We're going to be right back. We're heading into our first break. This is Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B. We have our special guest, Harold Lanier from Creedmoor Training Academy, and Victor Armadares from On Point with Victor has hung out for a while. We'll be back shortly. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Welcome back. We're going to get with our special guest today, Harold Lanier of the Creedmoor Training Academy. He's the president and lead trainer there, and we're going to get into a subject of personal defense. So anybody who's interested in defending themselves personally, you need to pay attention, because we're going to jump right in. All I know is I've seen Harold shoot. And I wouldn't want to be on the opposite end or the business end of anything Harold is firing. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys are too kind. Um, yeah, so personal defense, all the uh, the uh, stories that Roger just read earlier, um, things are kind of getting wacky and more wacky. We hear more, you know, all kind of carjackings. And I posted some stuff on my Facebook page today. And we've got, you know, just so much... Um, crime and, and things that are happening right away that we've, we've got to, uh, I guess, be our own first responder. Uh, if we're not, you know, who's going to be here? So you're going to call the police. There's a lady, uh, if you look at my uh, Facebook on Creedmoor Training Academy what is your, today. Is that your Facebook page? Yeah, on the, Creedmoor Training Academy on yeah, Facebook. on Facebook. You can find it there. Uh, the website is creedmoortrainingacademy.com. But on the Facebook page, I, po- I reposted an article today where a lady had to hold a bad guy at gunpoint for 23 minutes before the police showed up. You know what they say, when seconds count, cops are minutes away. And in her case, 23 minutes away. 23 minutes. How would you like to be sitting there with your hand shaking and waiting for 23 minutes for a cop to show up? So you're going to have to be your your own first responder. So if you look at that, though, that lady was prepared, even though she was scared. Uh, She had had a gun, and she was ready to use it. And at least the bad guy thought she was. So... 
<laughs> hats off to her. But uh, you got to be determined. You're going to have to make up your own mind that you're going to be the one that defends yourself. Uh, you can, you know, there's a lot of folks who say, I don't know that I could shoot somebody. Well, you, you may not have to shoot somebody, but you need to be prepared. And you got to realize that you're not the one making that decision to shoot someone. That person made the decision for you. They forced you into making that uh, particular move. So uh, you, now, need to, you need to just buck up and be mad and just be pissed and say, damn it, you know, I'm not the one that's causing all this. Uh, you made me do this. Right, so. but people who don't feel like they could take a life or be able to threaten someone like that, should they probably not even try and carry a gun if they don't feel comfortable with it? Well, I would guess it would depend on how timid they were. I mean, I would still encourage uh, people to get trained and know how to use it. But if all they're going to do is to hand it over to the bad guy and say, here, I can't shoot you, you know, here, I'll let you have this, then probably they shouldn't have it. Yeah, I've heard stories of people say, oh, I don't need bullets for it. I'm just going to use it to scare them. <laughs> how does that tactic yeah, work? Yeah, that doesn't work out too well for most folks, I don't think. <laughs> there are better things to have as a club than an unloaded weapon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Anyway, so, you know, the first thing you got to start with is, uh, is your own determination. you got to have a mindset that you're going to defend yourself. Uh, defend yourself, defend your family, uh, defend your friends. I mean, you know, there's, but there's also... Some of them. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> but there's also a point where you have to decide, is this my fight or not? Right? I mean, you don't, uh, you don't owe other people anything. And at the end of the day, your wife, your kids, your family wants you to come home. You know, we actually discussed a story about that. It's a tough call. There was somebody seeing a man abusing this woman in the front yard, but they were on his property, I mean, on their property, not his. And then he jumped in and started to threaten this guy. The lady then turned on him when the cops came. They were blaming him because she was standing with the boyfriend who was hitting her. Now, if that same woman was to come running onto your property to your front door and ask you for protection, that would be different. You have to be very careful when deciding on helping other people what the situation is and how it's going to look to somebody with an outside eye. Exactly. Yeah. And there's also the notion of situational awareness, too. So, you know, without us being aware, we're going to get caught off, off guard. And so even if we carry, uh, which I would encourage you to carry every day, because, you know, I, I have this fear of, like, all right, so there'll be that one day that I decide, you know what, I'm not going to bring my gun today. I'm not going to wear my gun. And that will be the day when I need it. But it's sort of like, I guess I'm going to try to paraphrase this and get it right if I can, but it's kind of like the guy that says, um, you know, it's, a, it's like a parachute, right? So you really, you know, when you need it and you don't have one, that's probably going to be the last time that you'll need it <laughs> if you think about the gun, right? Better need it. And I mean, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Exactly. Precisely. So yeah. So make that just part of your daily routine. Um, you know, and and the situational awareness. We're going to keep an eye out. Uh, Doc, uh, Colonel Cooper, Colonel Jeff Cooper, came up with a color coded system years and years ago um, with conditions and colors. And so the white condition is where most of us uh, some from time to time find ourselves in when we're consumed with stuff that's going on around us. So for example, um, how many times do you see somebody walking along and they've got their head stuck in their phone and they have no idea they're about to even trip over a a brick or a rock right in front of them, right? Well, I so. know a lot of Democrats that have their heads somewhere else, but that's another discussion. Uh, I think we can go there later. So then you step up one more level to yellow. Yellow means that you're out, you're looking around, you're looking to see what's out there. Now, we do that to, to some extent even without a defensive nature in mind. We won't, don't want to step in a pothole or trip over a curb. 
But we also need to be looking for uh, situations where uh, we're getting close to, you know, we see a guy that's kind of looking at us funny. Why is he staring at me that long? Shouldn't be staring at me that long, unless my fly's down or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, other, other than something unusual, um, you get clues, and you can figure out that somebody, you know, is this guy kind of strange. So take another path. You don't have to say, hey, i got my gun. I'll just confront him. You don't want to do that. The best gunfight you can get into is the one you don't get into. So uh, try to avoid it if possible. So avoid the bad situation, but kind of be aware. So yeah. condition orange is the next step. So a condition orange, that's where you find yourself, hey, I really think I've identified a, a problem here. Uh, this guy that's kind of loitering around my car, he's just hanging around as I walk back from the store into the parking lot, whatever, that kind of thing. And so, you know, now I know that I've got to, to think about a, a, either an avenue of retreat or try to find another way to get to where I need to go. Uh, condition red then says, you know, it looks like he's now beginning his assault. That's an active threat. Active threat. So at this point, now the guy is making some action towards you, and you've got to respond. So whether you can run, if you can run, go into a store, uh, turn around, go across the street. Uh, if you get confronted, get get cornered, you know, if you have your weapon, now it's time to use it. Uh, condition black actually is like things have really gone bad, and, um, you know, you don't really want to be there. That's so the that's stuff the, hitting the fan. That's it. <laughs> So being aware of your, your surroundings is a real big big factor. And we go into a lot of uh, some scenarios in our training where uh, we set up shoot, no-shoot situations so that you can kind of realize, too, what does distance matter, right? Now, also, would you have to consider what's around? If, even if you see a threat and identify it, you have to look around and see, okay, how many innocents are around you? What's your chances of hitting one of those? Because what I've heard is, Every bullet when fired has a lawyer attached to it. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, it's a whole different situation if you're at a mall, let's say, or in a restaurant versus uh, walking out of a store into across the parking lot over to your car in a, at uh, 10 o'clock at night, right, way out under the one, the last. Right. Uh, with, with less people around, there's less to consider as far as, you know, having, a, having to use your weapon. But when there are people around, you have to be extremely aware of that because you can get in more trouble by shooting someone innocent than you can by confronting a bad guy. Yes, you can. So what about other places, too? What about uh, the drive through at, uh, at a Wendy's or something like that? I don't mean to call them out, but, I mean, any drive through at a restaurant or something like that. Uh, we have carjackings at red lights, at gas stations. Um, happen everywhere. So being aware of your surroundings is a really big key because if the bad guys can see that you are aware, you're watching, you see them, uh, they're less likely to... Um, pick you as a target. I've actually heard from police officers that it's best if you see somebody across the parking lot, you lock eyes with them because then you can identify them and that pretty much can help intimidate them if they think that they have you unaware. It's better if you actually look at them. Then they're more likely to back down because most people who are criminals are not the most confident people in the world. They're looking for an easy score. They don't want to have anybody who's going to cause them trouble or have any resistance. Exactly. They want it easy. They want it quiet. They want it quick. And that's right. another thing. In neighborhoods, wave to your neighbors because that way if somebody who's not supposed to be there is driving through or walking through and you look at them directly, wave at them, they're like, oh, shit, he saw my face. <laughs> Oops. Oh, my gosh, like he I said, saw my face. We have face. a self-dump button here. <laughs> oh, my. I apologize for that. But they're like, oh, my goodness, he saw my face. And then it's, he's less likely to do something bad because he has been identified. And if you don't like your neighbor, blow him a kiss. 
<laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> no, I was going to go there as far as waving how how you might wave at the neighbor you don't like, but that's that's a whole other discussion, perhaps. So at any rate, you know, being aware and being able, being prepared are really the two. Well, there's three components, right? Being determined, being aware, and being being prepared. So being prepared then takes us to um, pretty much a training aspect. We've got to start somewhere. Uh, most of our local gun ranges have folks that can help you out in terms of uh, selecting a firearm. I think our most common firearm for protection would be a, a pistol of some type, whether it's a pistol or a revolver. Uh, my uh, recommendation is for a, um, a semi-automatic pistol that's reliable. Uh, don't cheap out and go get something uh, you know for for 199 that you can find at a at a pawn shop somewhere or you you found it at a good deal at some store. Go for a reputable brand. What's your life worth to you? Exactly. I mean, this is going to be something that if it doesn't work, it's going to be catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm I, I carry um, you know a semi-automatic a Glock 19. Uh, I've got 15 rounds plus one in the pipe. So that's plenty of rounds. Uh, a lot of folks still like the revolvers, uh, but then you got five rounds, maybe six. You know, some revolvers may have a few more, but uh, they're also not quite as fast to reload. Now, what about someone who's not as much of an enthusiast who just wants a basic one weapon to defend for all defensive situations? Do you want somebody with a semi-automatic who maybe doesn't understand the fully functionality of how it operates and everything like that? Well, I think, you know, there's always this big debate, and I certainly don't want to get into the debate about... Oh, a 40, come on, let's. Uh, a forty-five <laughs> versus a 9 mil. Let's That's a, do. That is a nasty one to jump into. Mm, uh, angel. My, my particular view on, on the subject is we've got modern ammunition that performs for a 9 millimeter will perform uh, as well as a forty-five. Um, but my gun will hold 15 plus 1, whereas you get somebody with a single-stack... 1911 45 and they got seven maybe eight plus one right so i'd rather have more bullets because if you think about the situation you're likely to find yourself in your target is not a piece of paper hanging in the range it's dynamic the situation is moving the target moves you're moving hopefully you're moving and it might shoot back and yeah and it could be shooting back or throwing stuff or who knows but at any rate I think you're going to miss more than once. So I think having more bullets in the gun is really something that uh, you need to consider. Now, there's also certain situations where uh, I don't know that there's a single gun that fits all those requirements. Yeah, you know, we actually discussed that at one point where it depends on how you have to dress for work, how big your hands are. Yeah, so when we get back from our break, we'll okay. kind of hit that one. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B. with Harold Lanier of Creedmoor Training Academy, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. We'll be back. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? 
and what is the best place to go for the care that is needed. We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. And today I have my special guest, Harold Lanier of Creedmoor Training Academy. And, of course, Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor is hanging out to throw in a comment here and there. For just a little while. All right, Harold, we're going to continue with our uh, defense, personal defense discussion. Yeah, you'd you'd ask, is there one gun that can kind of be the one gun that I, I use for everything? And really, there's there's a lot of different tasks, and there's a lot of different situations. So, if you're like me, I normally carry I have a light um, button down shirt that I wear over my uh, outside the waistband holster. So you can carry in the inside the waistband. We can have an appendix carry. We can have all the carries, and the, a lot of times it's. Um, because I'm going to the grocery store, I can dress one way. If I'm going to the office, I might dress another. If I'm going to church, if I'm going wherever, many times it, it requires us to be, be more concealed, which may change then the size of the handgun that you can carry. So if you've got a, uh, a, a polo shirt that you need to tuck in, you're probably not going to be able to go with a full-size 1911 or something like a, a Glock 17. So there's a whole lot of options these days. Glock's got several options um, for you guys that are on the web. If you can take a look, we've got a the little the new little P365 from Sig, real tiny gun, holds ten rounds plus one. So now they've got form factors that allow us to be very concealable, uh, as well as carry more rounds. So some of the smaller uh, other guns that are in the the super subcompact type of uh, category. Uh, they don't hold but maybe six plus one. Uh, th- there are also magazines that give us opportunity to, to have more rounds than others so, th- so they can add maybe one more round to that. And there's usually there's uh, uh, several different sizes of handguns. So you got your full size, you got compact, subcompact, and I'm just calling these super subcompact for the Now, Harold, the little um, like you, you held up this P365. Now, there's, I notice there's a big knob here on the front of this. Right here. What is this? This is not part of the original weapon here. This is a modification? That's true. That's a added uh, weapon light. So that gives us the opportunity that, uh, you know, if we were in the parking lot at night, we need to identify a threat, then we've got a, a little light here that's triggered by your, th- your finger when you take the grip. Because you don't want to shoot what you can't see. <laughs> that's true. So one of the things that, you know, every gun enthusiast that usually starts out, one of the things they think they've got to have is night sights. Um, I I started that same way most people do, but um, I've come to the opinion that night sights are, are pretty much um, I won't say worthless, but I, I don't, limited I don't, limited advantage. And I, I don't go f- for them at all. At all, I, I don't recommend them at all because 
the biggest thing is what Roger just mentioned is that you have to identify your target. You can't just shoot in the dark. You don't know who that is. You don't even know if you're going to hit what you're shooting at. But what if it's your child that came through in the middle of the night or uh, sneaking in outside of curfew? Yeah, it could be. It could be a neighbor who who stumbled into the wrong house. I mean, it happens all the time. So you need to be able to identify. So you need a light. Uh, with this P365, with this little bitty light that's on here, uh, it's, it, it weighs only ounces, and it really doesn't change the form factor that much, and it's still highly concealable. So with that in mind, there's a lot of options that we can do to our handguns, too, to make them a little more uh, versatile and flexible. Um, I, this is uh, the Glock 17 is, is the gun I use for competitions and a lot of my training. So it's a full-size gun, but I've added some things. I've got grip texture. I've got um, a nice magwell. And I've got an a aftermarket trigger. But the one thing I put on all my guns is a, a fiber optic front sight. So if, if you're like me, like some guys uh, getting our age, uh, lo- our eyes are not like they used to be, Roger. Now, so, what does the fiber optic sight do exactly? Yeah, so what Describe it, to people how that works or what, what advantage it, it, it'll give you. Yeah, so normally um, more and more guns today are coming with that as an option or actually coming standard. But prior to that, most of our front sights were just solid black posts. Well, um, as I'm getting older, I've got to have glasses to read. I can't see those thing crisp details up close. So it's all blurry. Uh, but with the fiber optic sight, it gathers light, and it, it basically um, allows it to be a really, really, really bright uh, front post that I can see easily when I present the gun. Now, that's assuming there, there's external light to come into it and brighten it up. Well, you don't, you'd be surprised. Even that, uh, a little bit of light will still gather there. Now, in addition to that, I always carry a flashlight. Uh, again, the light. Shh, don't so, see what you can't see. That's correct. So with with that, there are techniques that you can use uh, with the light, like a temple index or a neck index, uh, the Harry's method. There's different methods that we, we show in our, in our uh, training classes, but there's different methods uh, that you can use to see the, uh, you know, gather light to see the subject and also uh, to be able to light and illuminate your uh, your front sight. So the fiber optic, I think, is really the way to go because also most night sights are so wide on the front, uh, it's harder to make a precise shot. Uh, the, the fiber optic sights are really small and tight and narrow, so you can get a, a much more precise shot uh, at distance. Now, just for information, let's see, what uh, P365, the small one you showed, what would be the approximate retail on something like that if, if someone was looking? Uh, you probably have to talk to my wife over at Dead Center Indoor Gun Range in Buford. <laughs> a little plug there. I really don't have any idea. Okay. I think they're probably somewhere in the six hundred dollar range um, retail. At most, I would think. Okay. I mean, you're looking at uh, like a Glock forty three, which would be probably is a Glock forty three, Glock forty eight now, and probably about uh, five fifty to six hundred. Right. Well, the street the price is probably a little less. Right. Okay. Just to give people an idea of what they're looking at. Now, again, I mentioned to you, and Roger reiterated, don't go cheap on a handgun. You want it to work. When you pull that trigger, you want it to go bang. Every single time. Yeah. And and there's always debates about other you know brands of guns, and there's a lot of good guns out there, good brands. Uh, right. You're, there's prim- probably yeah. a top-tier brands. Yeah, I'm primarily a Glock mm-hmm. guy. I've shot that for many years. Um, I do like the, the feel, look and feel of the 1911-style guns, and I own some. So, you know, here's one right here. That's on the, if you like that style, this is uh, a Rock Island. And this one is, is, man, this is as far as getting into a really good gun, really cheap, this guy here is the way to go. 
Uh, I think I think these are like four hundred and fifty dollars, something wow. like that. But it has one of the best triggers. Now, un- unlike the the, the Sig, the box, unlike the, the Sig and the Glock, that is an all steel frame, so that probably carries a lot more weight than does yeah. any of the plastic that's, frame yeah, guns. That, that's not a real good concealed carry type gun because your pants are going to sag. <laughs> so that could be an indicator. Well, what does that tell us about all these pants that are sagging? No. Oh yeah, right. Not We're carrying all steel weapon now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so the uh, yeah, so these are there, there's lots of options out there for us to um, to to use to tailor to what we need. And so how we're dressed, like if we're going jogging, what would you wear if you went jogging? I'd probably be in a coffin if I was going jogging. <laughs> <laughs> I've not known for my jogging ability. What if you were jogging <laughs> through the parking lot to the Krispy to the Krispy Kreme? Oh, uh, then you know I'd probably <laughs> be wearing a pair of shorts. You can get in the trot then. <laughs> So Roger I, has to have something to go. I, I, I need, I need motivation. Job, yes. Right. There you go. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I carry, and this is going to sound kind of silly, but I wear a, a fanny pack, and I turn it around backwards. So, you know, carry the fanny up front. And that way I've got a, a gun that's in a holster in the fanny pack. All I have to do is just zip, and I've got my gun. I actually wore that for many years when I was uh, collecting cash on a, um, a vending route that I had, and I had to have cash with me all the time. I used mm. the fanny pack with the gun in the rear compartment. Were you living in Colorado? Uh, Recently, no. <laughs> Collecting <laughs> cash. Oh, oh. <laughs> no! I was not selling marijuana via machines. Although, not now that machines. you mentioned it, <laughs> you said not via machines. That's right. No, I was not selling marijuana at all. All my machines were just entertainment machines. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember what you used to carry. You had the yeah. fanny pack that had a it had a holster a Velcro built in. Yeah, the, the Velcro the, the holster away. Velcroed into yeah. the back panel, which had a the opposite Velcro. And then the front panel, I had you know a flashlight. That's where I had some cash. I had a pair of handcuffs in there just in case I couldn't shoot somebody and had to just detain them. You carry permit. Course. My carry permit was usually in my wallet, but mm. you know, because I kept it with me all the time in, in the fanny pack. I didn't wear it all the time outside yeah. of the work environment. So there's Never there's a lot that. of different lot of different ways. I mean, there are belly bands, you know, really tight uh, elastic bands with Velcro. So there's there's a lot of ways that now you couldn't take a belly band and then put this gun in there. I mean, this this is going to come right down. Depends on your belly, maybe. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these bellies, if you get the band over the top, it would probably hold it up there. Yeah, Some bellies, just kind of stick them under the fat roll and <laughs> flip it down over there, and you're there good you to go. go. No holster needed. That's right. You so have to factor in draw time, a little extra draw time then if it's under the fat roll. But it also depends on how you have to dress for your job. If you have to wear a suit every day, it's different than if you wear a polo and slacks or if you have to, you know, if you're a lifeguard at a pool, obviously you probably could not carry concealed on that job. Yeah, it would be kind of tough, especially if you're a female. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but seriously, so a lot of the objection to being to carrying a gun every day is, oh, I can't carry it every day because everywhere I go, because I, you know, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I think we've just discussed quite a few ways that you can, you know, uh, that you could carry a gun even on, even when you thought you couldn't. So to compromise and yeah. be able to carry something, even if you don't carry, carry your normal regular everyday gun, get something smaller, more compact that you can carry as a. As uh, that would normally be a secondary gun, yeah. as your primary gun. Better to have something than nothing. Yeah, there might be times when you might run an ankle holster. Yes, there are. Right. Those are great if you're sitting down a lot at work, or you're driving a lot. You don't want anything digging into your side. Or if you're sitting there watching a movie, or sitting at a chair in a restaurant, you don't want to have anything, you know, digging into you. Now, I'm a I'm a strong proponent of carrying on body. Okay? Right. So then there's the notion of off body carry. So. 
couple things. Number one, um, women have uh, purses that are gun carry purses, so you can you can um, I mean really nice you know high end type leather purses and whatnot that have compartments for guns and such. So that's a, that's an option, of course. Uh, I mentioned the um, the fanny pack, uh, which obviously is somewhat could be off body. You know, you take it off. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of having these magnets or uh, holsters inside of a vehicle, and I really, really strongly would advise against those because a lot of people think, "Oh man, I got this little holster right up under my steering wheel or, or right beside me on the on the seat." Uh, but guess what? You stop at a light, a guy gets a jump on you, and he's standing there with a gun at your head. Give me a car. Yeah, having to reach right? down to get that would be well, extremely awkward. Yes, right? indeed. So, so action is faster than reaction. You could not, you could not go for your gun and shoot him faster than he could shoot you. He'd shoot you dead right there. So, what are your options? You say, okay, here, here you go. Here's the car. So you get out of the car. Then what have you got? You he got stole nothing. Your, he stole your car and your gun. You got your car and your gun. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bad I, day. Yeah. So I always I carry on body and. Um, I just think that's the best way to go. If you're going, if you're going to be responsible and you're going to make up your mind to defend yourself and your family, uh, do it every day, and um, you know, and have the gun with you so you can do it. Now, one thing I do want to mention is, if you do have a carry permit and you want to carry a gun every day, be aware of places you are not allowed to carry and do not violate these rules. If you're going to a courthouse or police station or certain public buildings, they do not allow carry in there, and you can get in more trouble for carrying there than anywhere else. If you have to pass through a metal detector, that's probably a good clue. Right. Then probably don't want to carry there. If there's any doubt, you could always call and ask what their policy is. Now, if you're at the Wild Wings and they have a no-gun sign, you know, that's violating your Second Amendment rights, and I think my Second Amendment rights take precedent over their store policy. Well, if you were to... If you were to, uh, let's say, enter such an establishment not knowing what their rules were or their policy, right, and somehow, somehow someone noticed, hey, this guy's got a gun, and they walk up to you and they say, sir, um, we don't allow guns in here. And you say, well, it's my right, you know, it's my, my Second Amendment right. You can't take that away from me. i got a permit even. Um, they can say, sir, we want you to leave. At that point, you must leave. Right. If they ask you to leave and you stay, you are now committing trespass. And right. you can be arrested. But ideally, if you carry properly and have it concealed, no one will know it's there unless they need to know. And in that case, they'll be happy it's there. Well, that's the point of, of concealed carry. Okay, we're going to be right back. We're going to take, take another break. This is America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website 
located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome back to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded, and we are here today with our special guest, Harold Lanier of Creedmoor Training Academy. And Victor Armendaris, I'm on point with Victor. (laughs) Yeah, don't forget Victor. And we were just discussing how to carry a weapon, ways to carry it, how you have to dress to carry one, if you have to make modifications, and we received a question from a listener. Victor, what was that question? Yeah, so we have a listener question that comes in, and this is a very good question that would apply for at least I know you and I, and maybe Harold. I don't know if Harold rides a motorcycle, but um, the question is, as a motorcycle rider, when I'm riding, I want to carry. What's the best way to conceal carry on a motorcycle? Well, it sort of depends, I think, to some extent on your your, your bike. Um, I've got a Honda Valkyrie, and it's you know got a nice uh, big seat on it, but I added... A backrest, which is really nice. So that makes long trips a whole lot better. However, uh, if you're going to carry a gun, let's say in the middle of your back, that's not going to be so comfortable. Um, you know, and at that point, I think also on a motorcycle, uh, appendix carry is going to have a, a little bit of an issue. Uh, so for the most part, um, probably carrying either inside the waistband at about three o'clock or four o'clock is probably going to be your best bet. Uh, with a with a shirt that's going to you know go over and and keep it covered. Yeah. Now I think you'd have to consider something for a left-handed draw as well because you don't really want to have to take your hand off the throttle if you're having to pull a weapon unless you're planning on just letting it go and <laughs> holding the bike with the left hand and then slowing way down. That could be difficult as well. I think the idea is, I mean, you're right. You may have to be in that situation, but I think the overall idea is I want to get to where I'm going. I'm going to do it on a bike. Yeah, it's it's more not not necessarily on. to have a, engage in a gunfight on the way, right. but rather I just <laughs> want, hope not. I just carry this thing for me, you know, with me every day. I want to have it with me. What's the what's the most comfortable place to put it on for a bike? We we did discuss at the break maybe putting it on the handlebars, you know, so that Absolutely. if you needed it there, Roger, you could have or yeah, or somewhere on there. the bike, you know, instead of off body carry in that place. If it yeah. was concealed somewhere, we could still get to it relatively easily. Especially if someone were to try and bike jack you as you're getting off the bike, if you had a way to pull it out. Yeah, one one other option that I've seen is um, they have concealed carry vests. So inside the vest, there is a, a, a zipper or vel- velcroed inner pocket. Right, so in the vest itself, it has a has a holster inside. The gun goes inside that. So either you could you could be wearing that and, and always maintain on body, or um, you could fold it up, put it in saddlebags or something of that nature. And also, I guess you'd have to have it somewhere very secure because you wouldn't want anything, you know, because if it were to come out while you were riding, you could end up losing it pretty pretty easily, I would imagine. Yeah. So there's yeah. So your two hundred dollar gun, you wouldn't cry as much, but if you lost your STI, <laughs> I think you'd. You'd see it bouncing down the highway, sparks going everywhere. I think you'd have a bad day. Oh, my so. God, yes. 
Where were we? Oh, yeah, we're talking about, you know, concealed carry and uh, just ways to carry, ways to dress. I think we covered most of that. And just and be respectful of any place where it's illegal to carry a weapon. Not against policy, but illegal. Because if you're a concealed carry holder or carrying a weapon, you have to be an ideal citizen. You want to be exemplary citizen. Follow all the rules because you're representing a whole large group of people who carry all the time. Well, that, that sort of brings a corollary to my mind as well is that um, you have so many people calling for gun control and saying that, you know, I don't think anybody should have guns. Well, I don't know exactly what the statistics are. There's a guy named uh, Dr. John Lott. He is probably the world's expert on statistics as far as firearms and uh, firearms-related um, you know, shootings or injuries or deaths. Uh, find some of his information. He's amazing. But um, I, I don't know that stati- statistically that there's hardly a measurement to say that g- these crimes were committed by concealed carry holders. Right. I believe the CDC you know, actually had figures on that, and they were guesstimating anywhere between 500,000 and 2 million, um, I guess, confrontations were stopped by the use of a weapon well, in the good guy's hand. Yeah, and that's the other side of the coin. So I guess what I was – back to your point, though, earlier, I was trying to say that most people who get a, con- a concealed carry permit, these are good guys. They're not out there to try and shoot someone. You're getting a permit to be able to protect yourself, not to be on the offensive. You're on the defensive. But on the other hand, like you mentioned, we never see hardly the good stories where people using a gun to, to like I mentioned today, we had um, on my Facebook page, if you take a look, really good article. Can you imagine being that woman holding somebody at gunpoint for um, 23 minutes, 23 minutes. Now that's something you can't so, hardly train for, and you just have to maintain your cool, I guess, as much as you can. Yeah. And if the guy starts to move, you have to verbally threaten him at least. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, well, yeah, speaking stories. of training, I wonder where we could get some good training, Roger. <laughs> well, I was hoping if anybody was interested in training, they would look up Creedmoor Training Academy and look at what classes they have to offer. And now, with your training classes, is there a beginning class for someone who has maybe minimally handled a handgun and basically given the basics from the ground up? Yeah. Or do you require some training to start on any of your classes? Well, we do have a uh, – I've just started a uh, basic handgun, which is just for that purpose. So I've made up my mind now that I want to be able to protect myself and my family. And I've just never ha- held a gun. I've never shot a gun. Or maybe I've shot – my, my, my dad had the gun, and we went to the range or out on the farm, and we shot a few times. But I really want to kind of get a lot more familiar with – with guns, so in this class we'll we'll get you started. We'll also I provide the the guns and the ammo for that class. Uh, we'll look oh, at you several. You just have to show up. You just have to show up. So we have uh, you know revolvers. We'll have different semi-automatics, different calibers, so you can get an idea of what each one feels like, how it operates, uh, and you know what you want to use, uh, perhaps to defend you and your family. And, and this could also help you determine what kind of weapon you'd want to purchase if you haven't purchased one yet. That's correct. So for another another shameless plug, my wife's uh, a manager at Dead Center Indoor Gun Range in Buford. For $10, you can go to their rental counter, and you can shoot every single gun in the rental counter. So that's what I encourage a lot of people to do, and there are the ranges that do that too. But for $10 for total $10 or $10, bucks, $10 for each? $10, $10 for the total. rental fee. One oh, rental excellent. fee. Now you have to buy their their ammo, right. 
Right. But and pay for the range time. Pay for range but time. Still, but you get to go yeah, for every yeah, yeah. gun you want to try. Exactly. That's every awesome. gun in there. So now you go and you say, all right, I want to try the Glock 19. All right, I shot that one. And you come back. I want that Springfield XD. Let me try the FN. Or let me, you know, every single gun. So you're going to get number one, different brands. You're going to get different sizes. Remember I told you that with the Glock you've got for a 9mm uh, you got a Glock 17, which is the full size. Then you got the Glock 19. Then you got a Glock 26. So these guns all have different uh, grip sizes and different weights. So you can figure out which one suits your hand best. And so what feel one that feels good for you, you will train with. If you get one that somebody else gave you. Um, Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't, but if you don't like it, you won't train with it. That's something we actually discuss is when you ask somebody, what kind of gun should I get? If they tell you, just they they pick one and say, oh, you need to get one of these, don't take that advice. Go put your hands on some. The person who tells you to try some is the person you need to listen to. Yeah, so so that way you'll get an idea, uh, you know, what works for you as far as the size and and also, you know, you can tailor it then to your, your carry needs. So we mentioned earlier a lot of different things like carrying it at, at a, an office environment versus like where I, you know, where I work, I'm basically um, working from home for the most part. So I can carry, <laughs> carry whatever, whatever, you want want. Carry whatever you want. Right? So Your slung rifle over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. So so those things, um, those things come into play. But we then have um, more advanced training from there. We go ahead and have defensive handgun one and two. Uh, carbine one and two, which basically would encompass your AR-15s and the AK-47s, that type of a that style of gun. Uh, have defensive shotgun classes, and um, probably this fall we'll have a, a long-range precision rifle class. So now, are all these classes listed on your website? Yes, at Creedmoor Training yeah, Academy. Yeah, there's a there's a, a training list up there, and then a schedule. So we've got a schedule right now that goes through uh, June. And I'm hoping to kind of get that one out for the next two or three months. We'll get that up there as soon as we can. But the other thing to mention is that um, to help you build your skills, Roger, you know this just as good as and Vincent too, um, Victor. Um, the if we don't train regularly, we lose those skills. Yeah, they are perishable you know, without they, a doubt. They definitely are. So we have at, at Creedmoor Training Academy I, on the first Saturday of the month. I have what's called a pistol skill builder. All right, so on there, that's a three-hour class. It's fifty bucks, but we go through different training topics. Like maybe we sh- we do multi-thread engagements, or we might do um, uh, fighting while wounded, or use of barricades, or various other topics. And we focus on those for about three hours. That gives us an opportunity then to to hone those skills, and that's every Saturday. So uh, Creedmoor Academy is located in Commerce, Georgia, 742 Lords Mill Road in Commerce. Uh, you'll see that on our website. We've got a link there. And um, the so the first Saturday is a skill builder for pistol. The third Saturday is a skill builder for the carbine or rifle class. Now, this is something that can maintain a skill level that you've hopefully exactly. already attained some skill and want to just maintain it. That's right. But also, okay. you know, depending on the, the training that you've had before, uh, there may be topics that you haven't got into. Now, one of the things that I'm excited about and that we're going to uh, have in the upcoming future, again, it's not on the schedule yet, but will be, um, in my level two classes, one component is always medical. Uh, we, we always, you know, e- even in training, we learn to, to make holes, but we don't necessarily learn how to plug holes. Because <laughs> right? things don't always go your way in yeah, a gunfight. Exactly. So the medical, there's always a medical comport, uh, com- uh, portion in our level two classes. But I think I'm going to put together a, a skill builder day just on whether it's a pistol or carbine day 
it'll be a medical. It'll focus strictly on medical. So we'll go through uh, basic field trauma um, and how to deal with, with some of the basic stuff. Basically, uh, we just want to keep that red stuff from leaking out until we can get you to the hospital. Now, this That's sounds like it would know. be a class that anybody could take, whether they're interested in carrying a weapon or not, just That's, to have that kind of skill. That is true because, I mean, think about this. Um, what if you came up on a car wreck, mm-hmm. right? How could you help someone else? Or what if you were in a car wreck yourself and needed uh, some kind of, you know, you had a real bad uh, injury where you're bleeding out? How do you handle that? So whether you're, you're going to carry a gun or not, uh, you know, around the home, accidents happen. People get Im- impaled on stuff. Uh, kids walk through uh, sliding glass doors. I mean, mm-hmm. things like that happen. How do you – what do you need to have on hand, and how do you get through that? So that's going to be an awesome class. Now, another thing we're going to do one of these days, which would be real cool. Roger, you need to be there. Okay. You, you too. What do I need is, to do? Uh, we're gonna, well, we're going <laughs> to have a low-light, no-light uh, room clearing. Oh, I've actually done some of those so at a range. That's going to be fun. They had one where you, they required a light. Actually, they're doing one, I think, this month at one of the other ranges. Yeah. That's All right. Awesome. Well, we are wrapping this show up. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B. with my special guest, Harold Lanier from Creedmoor Training Academy, and you are listening to America's Web Radio. Thanks for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.